This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and I'm your host, Tyler. If you're ready to learn about real estate investing and you're short on time, what do you say we jump right in? We know you've heard it before. Cash flow is getting very hard to find. There's always long distance investing, but you may be thinking, I don't have a team, enough experience, or the market knowledge to get in. That's where you're wrong. And it's also where Rent to Retirement comes in. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest out of state with confidence. They've got single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets. They even have bird deals with immediate equity. Rent to Retirement helps investors learn how to build a bulletproof business plan with the best investment and tax strategies around to help you reach financial freedom through real estate. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems already in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. Ugh. But now, with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with the tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. 
Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Real estate versus stocks. What 145 years of returns tells us. Part 2 by G. Brian Davis. All right, I left off yesterday as we were talking about Scandinavia and their stock investments that have exploded, Japan and their real estate markets collapsed, which kind of threw off some numbers a little bit we were talking about between the years of 1980 and 2015. Now we dive into the most interesting case for real estate investing lies directly in its risk-reward ratio. All right, risk by asset class. So let's do a quick stereotype check-in, shall we? Sure, we shall. Treasury bonds are low risk, low return. I don't think anyone's prepared to challenge that stereotype, which exists for a reason. (laughs) Stock investments are high risk, high return. This one gets a little more interesting, but a quick look at how stock markets have gyrated for the last century. Up 29% one year, down 18% the next. Should disabuse anyone of the notion that stock investing doesn't come with high volatility and risk. And that brings us to an economic assumption that dates back to the beginning of economic theory, basically. Economists have long held as a given that risk and returns are highly correlated and that the invisible hand of the market will ensure that remains the case. Why? Because if an asset were low risk, high return, everyone and their mother would fling so much money at it that the rate of return would dry up faster than Lindsay Lohan's acting career. Ouch! Except that assumption hasn't held true for residential rental properties. Huh. Rental properties, low risk, high return. Throughout modern history, residential real estate investors may actually boast the best return on investment thanks to its extremely high rate of return with low risk. To begin with, real estate is also notoriously illiquid. You can't buy it and sell it on a whim. Either process typically takes months. Second, real estate investing is expensive. Until the past 15 years with the advent of crowdfunding, you couldn't invest your extra 100 bucks a month to buy an investment property. Even if you leverage to the hilt and borrow the maximum mortgage allowed at a low interest rate, that still usually puts you at a 20% down payment, plus thousands of dollars in closing costs, which says nothing of credit requirements, income requirements, and or lenders requirements for investing experience etc., etc. In other words, real estate investing has a high barrier to entry. It's also difficult to diversify your investment portfolio for those very same reasons. If each asset requires 20 to 100K in cash to purchase, then it takes a ton of money to build a broad, diverse real estate portfolio. Rental properties also come with risks from tenants, of course. Tenants could damage your property or default on rent. But you can manage these risks through aggressive tenant screening and insurance policies, including rent default insurance. You can also manage risk by choosing your locations and investing niche with care. For example, imagine you invest in student housing in college towns. You could choose college towns with both affordable real estate and massive demand for off-campus housing. A study by Porch.com found that Rhode Island, Maine, and Illinois boasts the most savings for college students living off-campus, creating a huge demand for off-campus student housing. 
In these states, off-campus housing prices are 37, 26, and 25% lower than on-campus housing, respectively. Check out Providence, Rhode Island, by the way, when you get a chance. It's a very good example. Finally, rental properties offer fantastic tax breaks. If you live in the property and house hack, you can write off mortgage interest and exclude up to five hundred grand of net gains through the Section 121 exclusion. You can also deduct a depreciation on your investment portfolio. Use a 1031 exchange to defer taxes on the sale of any rental-only properties and a dozen other tax perks besides. Come on. Now let's measure risk versus return. How do you measure this? An investment's risk against its rate of return. You know, it turns out there's a simple way to determine the best return on investment. A literal risk-reward ratio. It's called the Sharp Ratio after its creator, William Sharp. You start with an asset's return and subtract out the return of a short-term, risk-free alternative like U.S. Treasury bills. That gives you a risk premium, the extra return the asset delivers over a risk-free investment. Then you simply divide that risk premium over the asset's volatility as measured by its annual standard deviation in value. Risk premium over average annual standard deviation. If the math gives you a headache, don't worry about it. Just think of it as return divided by risk. A higher ratio indicates a better investment. Greater return on investment relative to the risk. Here's a breakdown real quick. Treasury bonds, their sharp ratio of around 0.2 is absolute weak sauce. Stock investments, not much better. 0.27. Sure, their returns are, are strong, but they're more volatile than plutonium in a mad scientist's lab. <laughs> Residential real estate. The average sharp ratio of 0.7 is great. The sharp ratio for real estate has only grown stronger over time. Since 1950, the sharp ratio for real estate has averaged an impressive 0.8. Another way of looking at it is return per unit of risk. Now let's dive into rate of return and GDP. Advanced economies tend to have slow economic growth over any given period of time, right? So how have returns done so much better than the GDP growth in these countries? Aside from the obvious issue that these economies looked very different in 1870 than they do today, there's an interesting answer to this query. It turns out, the best return on investment for a country isn't tied in a one-to-one -one relationship with its GDP. Over time, Returns on these asset classes tend to grow, on average, around double the speed of the country's economy as a whole, measured by GDP. If anything, that return's average double GDP growth, summary, is skewed low because it includes the weak return on investment of bonds and bills. On average, the stock market and real estate market perform several times better than GDP. This helps explain why income inequality tends to expand over time in advanced economies. Average Joe does not own stock investments, and if he owns any real estate, it's his primary residence, a single-family home that he probably only earns appreciation on with no rental income. And remember, rental income makes up half of real estate investment returns. So, how does Average Joe improve his finances? Only through a raise. His raise is tied to how his employer is doing, which in turn is tied to how the economy is doing. In other words, average Joe's finances are tied to GDP growth. But wealth-wise Wendy, 
who's not nearly as average as Joe, invests as much money as she can in the stock market and rental real estate. She builds a portfolio of passive income that earns money even while she sleeps. That income is based on the rate of return of her investments, not based on the economy. Coupled with the impressive tax benefits enjoyed by those with an investment property, Wendy's financial advisor undoubtedly sings her praises. Conservatives and liberals can argue all they want about how much to redistribute wealth. But as an individual, you just want to be like Wendy, not Joe. You want your wealth and income tied to the returns of the stock market and real estate investments, not tied to GDP. Why Real Estate Investments Crush Bonds Bonds are boring. Wah, wah, wah. No, really. We already talked about how they're low risk, low return. So why bother with this asset class if you can invest in rental properties which are low risk and high return? A common opinion I hear people say is, bonds may not have performed well over the past 15 years, but that's abnormal. Just look at how well they did in the 80s. Interestingly, this study disproves that notion. The high bond yields of the 1980s were actually the anomaly, not the norm. In fact, if you look at bond returns over the past 145 years, there were many periods where they earned negative returns. Want a few reasons why rental real estate offers the best return on investment compared to bonds? Here's a simple one. Bonds expire. They pay out for a specific term, then they stop paying. Rental properties keep paying forever. And not only do they keep paying indefinitely, but they also pay more over time. With every year that goes by, fixed bond payments become less valuable in real purchasing power due to inflation, but rental income and property value rise right alongside inflation. It's actually your fixed mortgage payment that goes down over time in inflation-adjusted dollars. Then one day that mortgage payment disappears and your rental cash flow explodes. Sure, government bonds offer stability compared to index funds, individual stocks, and even rental properties. Bonds pay the same amount every month. They never call you about a leaky roof or stop sending payments because they spent too much on cigarettes and Bud Light that month. But at what cost in returns? If retirement looms on the horizon for you, familiarize yourself with sequence risk and how owning rental property affects the 4% rule, so you don't necessarily have to resort to bonds. Should I ditch stocks and just buy a bunch of rentals? Stocks may be a roller coaster, yeah, but in the long run, the good times outweigh the bad. And ultimately, finding the best return on investment requires a diversified portfolio. Stocks balance rental properties well, and when equities go down, residential real estate almost always goes up. Real estate is illiquid compared to equities. You can buy and sell mutual funds, ETFs, or individual stocks at a moment's notice. Investment property isn't quite so easy to get in and out of. Stock investing also offers truly passive income. Ultimately, rental income can never be as passive as dividend income, even with property management handling general upkeep. It's much easier to diversify your investment portfolio with stocks as well. You can spread $500 across thousands of companies in every region of the world, in every industry, and at every market cap. You'd be lucky to get away with only putting down $5,000 on a single rental property. <laughs> Is there a place for stocks in your portfolio? 
Residential real estate offers excellent returns with low volatility and huge tax advantages. I love rental properties. But that doesn't mean there's no place for equities in your portfolio. Stocks provide liquidity, long-term growth, easy diversification over sectors and countries, and easy investing via tax-sheltered accounts like IRAs and 401ks. Real estate provides stability, a hedge against inflation, ongoing high-income yields, built-in tax advantages, and diversification from the stock market. If you invest well, rental real estate starts performing for you immediately. Equities take longer. The stocks you buy today won't produce significant income for you until 10, 20, or 30 years from now. But the long-term returns will compound for you at prodigious rates, and a diverse portfolio protects you from a crash in a single asset class or market segment. One more point. Build up your retirement account with passive income from rentals and dividends, and when your peers are still working in a decade or two, their incomes tied to GDP growth, you can offer sympathetic words, and then you can just go back to playing golf and relaxing with your kids, having reached financial independence. Amen. Thanks for checking out this episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. Remember, every Thursday there's a new episode of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. And they drop an episode each Sunday, too. Twice a week. Sheesh. Slackers. But seriously, check out Brandon and David's show. You can search for it on your podcast app or go to biggerpockets.com slash podcast. Meanwhile, I'll meet you back here tomorrow.